two interracial couples on a quest where fantasy and the real world collide. This is When Crit Happens. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome back to Rock Hatima. I am your game master, Torsten David Johnson. He, they, and I am joined today by Joshua David Robinson. Oh, it's me again. What up, y'all? This is JDR, Joshua David Robinson. He, they, aka Titan, Yabel, <laughs> and Deanna Elizabeth Woodman. Hello, my name is <laughs> Oh my God. Anyone? Uh, sometimes oh. she <laughs> depends on the day. <laughs> Joshua, stop. <laughs> Joshua died. <laughs> Joshua embarrassed by you. <laughs> no longer living. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, that's me. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> and Kylie Marie Brinkman. Hey y'all, Kylie Brinkman. She her playing Joe Wick. Also, she her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> And as we come back from that, uh, let's jump into a little recap. So, last time, you all met the pirates of the eponymous Corsair Isles who had gotten into the fortress of Typhon Head just before you. You read them the scroll that Captain Krigo had been carrying, which declared all sorts of bluster about rights that Baron Koro claims to these lands. And then you decided that you wanted to come inside, which seemed to delight the pirates. They had a challenge for you. One of you had to fight their champion, Strongfoot Selvi. Stankfoot! <laughs> Jasu, you stepped up and got some help from Joe and Titan's distractions. Hey. Selvi's stank foot, strong foot, proved mm-hmm. to be massively disturbing, but not enough to stand up to some thunderous smiting. Smite, smite. Thunderous? Don't you mean holy? It was holy. It's so like light. all sun smites, right? It was, it was a, it was a, the thunder of light that came through the clouds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It just, it just it was, happened to be stormy, I mean, and yeah. like thunder would go off right when that's what happened. They were she was totally. smiting? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thunder. Light is, is the, sometimes so strong it makes sounds. That, I mean, that's lightning. Is yeah. that? Right? That's, it, that's no, but so, yes. This is, this is airtight. This boom. is airtight. Yeah. As Selvi lay panting on the ground, defeated, you noticed a tattoo through her foot fungus. <sighs> a Gross. tattoo of a black fist on a red background. Just then, Malaya came out of the keep, which Malaya. is, as you know, currently a school, and shared with you that she had just managed to gain the trust of the school's headmaster. And all the children who know where she Unfortunately, a large contingent of Koro cavalry had just reached the outer walls of the fortress. As the pirates took up defensive positions to hold off any attack, Jaquetta Darkwater, their admiral, told you about a secret exit, a sea cave down at the foot of the cliffs, which they had used to enter Typhonhead. The entrance would only be accessible at low tide, however, which was still a few hours away in the middle of the night. So you all decided to get some rest in the meantime. And in the deep darkness of the pre-dawn, you were awoken by the call of someone from outside saying they saw something over the bay. You went outside and saw a dark shadow of a large bird approaching, a very large bird. 
You woke the children and set off for the stairway to the sea cave. As you pass through the door that bears a sculpture depicting an ancient battle between a warrior and a monster, and on the warrior's chest, as you pass through the door, you notice the symbol of a bird, a bird with the distinct wing shape of an osprey. And that's where you are now. We're dancing with the children, right? Yeah, we're dancing, dancing, dance, dance, dancing, dancing, dance, dance. That's right. (laughs) Come on, children. Come on down to the boat. As you dance with the Mm. children down into this stairwell, which is a large, old stone stairwell that descends into the, the, what do you call that? The uh, basement rock. The the cellar. foundational cellar. stones, yes, sure. the cellar down into the can I make a, into the earth. Can I make a check of do the children like me at all, or am I big and scary? I'm like trying. <laughs> how how good am I with the children? I want to know how good. All I right, am they're gonna the make children. a vibe check. Yeah, yeah, great. I'm awkwardly dancing with my my staff and my. Uh, they get a clunky. fourteen. Um, oh, not bad. They think that not bad. You're probably all right, but one of them looks up to you and says, "You know, you can you can just relax, okay." <laughs> You're, you're trying <laughs> pretty have hard heard, right now. Have you heard of the light of the sun? I say while well, trying to do a cool dance move. It's currently dark, and I'm pretty sure there's a small army outside these walls. And um, there's pirates carrying all sorts of weapons that I've never seen before in my life. So not really interested in the light of the sun. Just just kind of want to feel safe. The light will be. Safety. Let's get to safety. Jesu, stop trying to convert these children. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so as you are passing down into this stairwell, headed down, down into the, the very stone of the earth itself, you hear Jaqueta call after you. You, go on. Get the children to safety on the ships. We'll hold off these troops. When we see that you're safe, we'll start down the stairs after you. You ain't got to tell me twice. Um, let's let's jet. Yeah. Let's boogie. Great. All right. So you all pass through the door and start descending down these stairs. I'm still dancing. <laughs> the stairwell immediately confronts you with the cool, damp air that rises up through it. You smell something a little salty in the air. And looking around, you can see that there is encrusted salt that over many years has condensed onto the walls. And it's dark. Not great. One of the kids shouts out, Ah! I can't see anything! <laughs> um. Joe has already has her flashlight out as she's been direct. Like, she's been like a, mm-hmm. the aviation. Air traffic control. Air traffic control. Keep it moving, keep it moving this way, down the stairs, this way, and is pointing her flashlight. Great. As you're bringing these kids down, you start to get a feel for how many there are. Mm. So you see that there's 40, 45 kids, something like that, and there's a few adults, and Malaya is also coming with you. Uh, Malaya says, I'm honestly really pretty terrified. I guess I should have known when I joined an organization called the Resistance that there would be some resistance, active resisting yeah, to do you'd have at to, some point. Yeah. But whew, this is uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more than I had prepared myself for. Wh- what do you all think? Should we just head down now? Should we? I don't see why not, Malaya. Okay. Yeah, girlfriend, should... I thought there was only one mission here, and that was to get out at yeah, low yeah. tide. You're right. Are you're we right, missing you're right. something? No, 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 no. You're, you're totally right. 
and Malaya turns to the the headmaster. You see, they're still wearing his bathrobe, uh, and 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 she says to him, "All right, Ormaya, let's get these kids down the stairs and onto some boats. It's low tide, and out to the pirate ships." And Ormaya says, um, oh, "Oh, okay, yeah, let's let's do it. All right, kids, let's go. You 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 heard the woman. We're gonna get on boats and and go to some pirate ships." I already told them that in the song. Weren't you listening? Oh, uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, uh, I, apologies. Pirate safety is the safest safety. <laughs> <laughs> and so the whole troop of you descend down these stairs. It takes longer than you'd expect. Mm. And as you get further down, the air gets damper and cooler. Mm-hmm. Until finally, you start to hear the sound of lapping waves. Mm. I think we're getting close, y'all. Do we see the same kind of purple lights in this? Great stairwell? question. Yeah, no. So unlike the stairwell that you saw in Tempest Top, there are no glowing purple lights. Nothing that indicates that this has anything to do with Terra or, okay. um, or any connection with that. Cool. Can I do a perception check? Great, yeah, give me a perception check. Can I do it with my nose? Because I'm real good at smelling. Sure. And I can just smell yeah. everyone how about I just? How about I just help you? How about I just help you out? I would rather... You can make your own perception check, Titan. I would rather Great. smell the air. 21, that would be awesome. 21. 16, to smell the air. Great. A 21 to see the air. <laughs> mm, nice, nice. <laughs> And that, that, that was with, uh, you forgot to add your modifier though, I right, got it. Kylie? Nope, it was a 19 <laughs> okay, on the die right. plus two. Nice. Uh, Titan, you get... Huh, what? Did you uh, roll what? A... Did Perception? I roll the Perception check? Yeah, Perce- I did. Perception? <laughs> Perce- <laughs> what, what'd you no, get? Was, what'd you get? Yeah. I, got a, I got a six. Okay, great. See so your eyes? Um, I'm dealing with these children. So you're dealing with the children. Jasu, as you're smelling the air, mostly what you're getting is salt. The smell of the sea, which might remind you of your your sea voyage no. that you took not so long ago. Oh, N- <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was like, no. But what? then, as you're sniffing, something else comes into the air, and it's almost like there's something, something like pasta cooking, boiling water. You start to get a little faint sense that there's some steam and then you notice that the air temperature is not only cool most of it's cool but there are drafts of warm air also coming up the stairwell oh no and joe as you're walking you notice out of the corner of your eye someone cooking pasta (laughs) yeah is it the pasta or is it the steam is the takeaway from it steam steam. okay okay that titan's staff Mm. The gem at the top of Titan's staff seems to have a faint glow. Hmm. Hmm. Ooh, Titan, are you doing something with that staff of yours? Because uh, it's lit. <laughs> Titan twirl, twirl, twirls. Titan twirls <laughs> their staff. Oh, I'm always doing something, and I am always <laughs> lit. What you talking about? Specifically, it looks like it's glowing. I don't think yeah, it's done that. Yeah, I do that. that. Look at yourself. You glowing a lot more than you were <laughs> like four days ago, too. Well, thank facts, you. Facts. I I smell something. I wonder, and I turn to my companions and I try to say it a little mm-hmm. bit quieter. Maybe we should 
look first. Oramaya is is over with the other with the kids. All right, kids. So you you heard you heard the the people that are leading us. Um, uh, these <laughs> these people seem to have taken some kind of leadership position here. We're we're gonna go down these stairs. I go um, over to Oramaya and yes? just and and very just like I'm so sorry that I didn't so listen to you gently, earlier. I will just so gently put my finger over his as lips me. and then put my lips on my finger <laughs> and say. Into his mouth. You said shh into his mouth. (laughs) He immediately stops talking, never having experienced anyone be as clear and communicative as as this. Uh, His eyebrows raise and he looks to you as if to say, oh, okay. You want to check? I turn to uh, Jaysoo. I do. And then I very sneakily... In my full armor, try to sneak you around. You want me to check? No, nope. I'm already gone. I'm already going. <laughs> I'm sneaking. Right. I'm tiptoeing. I'm like trying to impersonate Titan the way that I've seen Titan do it. I'm like, oh yeah, uh-huh. she really like flows or whatever. I'm still misgendering. We still haven't gone back to that, but I'm still misgendering. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, like I, they're very flowy, and so I'm like trying to do it, and I'm, I'm gonna roll. Okay. <laughs> what are you gonna roll? What are you rolling? Stealth. Stealth. What are you see? rolling? Gotcha. Stealth. Okay, great. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Well, I rolled a five and a six, but I have disadvantage, so it okay. comes out to a four. Amazing. <laughs> you have a minus one dexterity. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> but I'm, we'll talk I'm about doing, that later. I'm doing what Titan does. So Do you fall down the stairs. So, and <laughs> confidence. All right. So my uh, confidence is a natural twenty, just so that everyone oh, knows. Great. <laughs> and as you descend these stairs, being utterly, utterly silent <laughs> in your own mind, I've never been so quiet. You come to the doorway into a large sea cave. You see the the seawater extending in through this long cave. The ceiling is highest in the center but still not not cavernous I, I mean it is a cavern so i guess it's cavernous in that way but it's it's not like some huge tall ceiling it sort of feels like you're boxed in in this mm. cave and the entrance which you can see the the moonlight streaming in from the sea and the dark waves lapping in is at the end of kind of a long strip of water and it's a low cave entrance. It makes total sense that you would not have wanted to try to leave until low tide because even now there seems to be only six, seven feet between the surface of the water and the top of the cave entrance. And tied to a large stone on the edge of a stone platform are two boats. You see two large skiffs that are tied there and as you look at this water, which is relatively calm here, even though you can tell that the waves are crashing outside, it's calm and you see some bubbles rising to the surface and little mm-hmm. tendrils of steam rising up from the water. Oh. Okay. I would like to go towards the boats and kneel by them and just like put a pinky finger in the water to see how hot it is. Okay, great. Honestly, it feels 
cool to the touch, like seawater. It looks like the only bit that has any heat is right in the center there, which is causing some steam to rise, and you're getting some wafts of this warm air, but it's not enough to really affect most of the water. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. The last thing I do then is say a small prayer and cast divine sense. Okay, great. To see if there's any sort of corruption around. Yes. Whether or not the light has purified this land. Ah, Sulian, please tell me, is this land corrupted? So have we used the term endowed yet? No. No, I don't think so. So Mm -mm. there is... As in well, (laughs) endowed. Boobs, boobies. There are... Boobies. Uh, As in a boobies. This is where... As in... (laughs) Sulian. Uh, So you do not sense any corruption, but what you do sense uh, is another supernatural thing, another thing like corruption. So Mm -hmm. as as we've said, instead of the celestial fiend, instead of the stuff that's in the spell description or in the ability description for the divine sense, one of the things that you can sense is corruption. Another is if something has been endowed and... I'm going to use that word right now, even though I'm not sure you, Jasu, might completely understand what it means. But I think you do have some sense that it it's similar to the feeling that you got from that spirit that you spoke to when you were in the in-between space, in that it, it seems like it's connected to, to a great spirit in some way. Like, like there is some powerful spiritual energy involved here but it is not corrupted. This seems to be just endowed. And it, it's coming from the center where that water is steaming? Yeah, beneath the surface. Chasu feels her entire body go cold and uh-huh. very quickly stands up and sort of backs away, feeling like this is very similar to a place she was recently at. And not loving it, and tries to go back to her friends, just sort of backs away and Mm. then tries to sort of hurry back. Uh, You make your way back into the stairwell and up towards your compatriots as well as uh, all of these children and staff of the school. What do you see? Uh, The pathway looks clear. Uh, I don't think I look directly at either Joe or uh, Titan, but I say there's steam coming out of the water and it feels... Like when I was recently, uh, you know, when, 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 when you were under the water. Yeah. Did something try to grab you? No, but it feels, it feels the same as when I was dead. And I say dead very quietly. (laughs) (laughs) We gonna have to unpack that on a pirate ship. You, cause... I saw you go down. We haven't really, we did, have we really talked about what the hell? Kids, we got to get on some boats. <laughs> uh, Malia says, yeah, I, I do think that for the best interest of us, but but also the rest of the resistance that's that's upstairs right now, the faster that we can get to safety, the, the sooner they will start to make their way as well. How many boats did you see down there? Two. Two, right? Seven? Two. Two? <laughs> Seven? Titan answering as if as if Titan knows. <laughs> Only two? 
Were they big? Dorsten, were they big? How many people could fit in these boats? Yeah, so they're, you think about it, and you guess that adult people, you could probably fit maybe 20. There's, okay. They're big enough that there are multiple spots for people to row. So it's not like it's one person rowing a boat. It's like there's a lot of places for people to to sit. So you think right. perhaps you could fit uh, everybody, but it would probably be tight. Oh, we gonna fit everybody. <laughs> how, how many children are there? You count about 45. Shit. Yeah. First of all, there's too many children. Well, if it could, <laughs> oh fit, my God. If it could fit 20 adults each, I'm assuming. And it was 20 per, 20 per boat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we so, can do it. So we can 40. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We should, let's move. Okay. So you head down the stairs towards the entrance of this cavern. And as you do, Titan, now you, now you start to notice that your staff is vibrating just a little bit and as you step through the doorway out of the stairwell and into this sea cave the water begins to shift it begins boiling and bubbling and hissing and steam blooms up in one sudden burst up from the water and wind begins to whip around the entire chamber the water churns, and you can see the two the two boats begin to toss and fly up as the water begins to to splash and crash against the rocky sides of this cavern. And out of the roiling whirl of water, rising up from some some place down below, you see a creature that has the torso of a human. And instead of legs, has a writhing mass of tentacles, like an octopus. But actually, they're, they're not tentacles. As it rises higher, you see that each tentacle is a snake with a head that is looking around the cavern. And each one of these snake heads hisses in a different direction, many of them making eye contact with the three of you. This creature has large wings that ah. extend out from its shoulders, and it Whoa. begins to flap them as it rises up into the center of the cavern. I make out with it. <laughs> In the center of its chest, Whoa. as this kind of airborne whirlpool dissipates a little bit, clears enough for you to, to see it, you see that there is a chain around its neck. Oh. And at the center of this chain, at the bottom of this necklace, it's missing a fucking... there is an empty yep. an empty place mm, mm, where yeah. a gem might once have stood so when you said you said you said chain like chain necklace or like a necklace chain, like, like a necklace okay, 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 like okay. a like a large pendant once hung there but the the seat for the gemstone is empty can we get a hotness check on this creature uh, <laughs> uh what are the mechanics of a hotness check i forget it's been a while since we've done one i don't know i feel like you have. should just Rolled. Okay, it's a okay. We're gonna go uh, seven plus charisma is one, so oh. eight. Mm. Eight Ooh, on the hotness yeah. scale. There is Boom. a little bit too much. Uh, it's too much going on. Anger and and yeah. too many snakeheads. Yeah. Maybe if they Vibe's weren't snakeheads right. that were hissing at you, 
Mm. Yeah, if they were slithering up, it'd be a different story. Can I do a history check? Like this is this seems like a very specific kind of creature. Can oh, I do yeah. some kind of check to see if I know what you the know, heck this is? I'm not even. This is the Typhon. Clearly, what was depicted on the door, mm-hmm. which is the Typhon. This is what Joe identified for you uh, yesterday when you were looking at that sculpture as the mythical beast, which nobody in recent history has thought of as a real thing, but that this this headland on top of which the fortress sits is named for Typhon Head. Uh, this is the Typhon. Everybody go ahead and roll initiative. Yeah, I no! think that like as soon as this shit is going down, Joe is turning to the children being like, and back upstairs, and back upstairs, and using <laughs> her flashlight, her crystal, yeah. to navigate and shove the lot up the stairs. Not that she's not going with them, but is wanting them to get away from whatever is about to go down. Totally. I got a non-natural one for my initiative. <laughs> 12. I'm still very triggered. 24. <laughs> wow. Hot. All right. So the first person to act is you, Titan. Go figure. Um, What's the vibe? Do I get the fi- the sense that I got? we got snakes looking at me? It turns its head towards you. Long, stringy, wet hair that kind of rises up in the hot winds that are being blown up by the, the flapping of these wings. And burning eyes they're red like embers they turn to you and peer directly at you and at the and at the staff you're holding i say oh my goodness are you the typhon i have heard so much about you come on down here we got a chat love amazing (laughs) it (laughs) yeah yeah you just you just want to you just want to have a Talk. Okay, hotness level now. Yeah. 20. You have so many things that are, you, you are you wanna, the Typhon. You yeah. know what this place is called. Do you know what this place is called? This cave? Yeah. Um, come, come on down here. Quit flapping your ring. Come down. Hold um, my ancient belonging, my precious power stone, the thing that I want you have. Oh. Give it to me and I will smite you. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. And? Give it. You want me to give this to you and then, yes. then you will smite give, me? I will then. smite you. Give me my rock. The shiny thing you hold on the edge of a twig. Yeah, Why, I know, I know, I know. I know, I know what you're talking about. I understand, but I'm just trying uh, to understand. So, you, have you, this is your first time making a threat? Um, because uh, the structure so, of a threat yeah. is that, like, you you do this thing or I will do that. Uh-huh. But the way that you arranged it yeah. doesn't give me doesn't incentivize me to 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 uh There to is no need for incense for incentive. I will crush you. Give me the stone. I cast uh, call lightning from the stone on him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. First use of this spell. You want it? Here. <laughs> How does that spell go? What do I do? Do I roll? Do you roll? That's a great question. It's call lightning, right? It's not chain lightning, right? It's call lightning. Third level. One moment while we look it up, because I don't have it in my spell list. Third level conjuration. 
concentration up to 10 minutes. Storm cloud appears, uh, a bolt of lightning flashes down from the cloud. At that point, each creature within five feet must make a dexterity saving throw. A creature takes 3d10 lightning damage on a failed save, half as much on a success. On each of your turns, you can use your action to call down lightning in this, this way is... again, targeting the same point or a different one. I love that this is happening because this is a 60-foot radius storm cloud that has just bloomed into this cavern. I love that this is the first time you're using the staff and honestly yes. did not know what it was going to do. <laughs> nope, had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what does this look like? Uh, truly what happens is Titan is so pissed that like I was trying to talk to you. I was not trying to come for you right now. Uh -huh. And says you want it <laughs> here and truly is just like channeling energy, rage and shade through this staff uh -huh. and has no idea what's going to happen, but is just going at it with the intent to fuck this thing up. Amazing, amazing. All right, so a burst of, so this storm cloud erupts out of the out of thin air maybe like all of this blooming steam transforms into a dark gray storm cloud filling most of this cavern and and then a bolt of lightning flashes down from it towards the creature and it makes a dexterity saving throw rolled a 13 Plus one is 14. F rolls a 14. 14 is gonna is exactly my DC. Okay, so barely succeeds, which means that it will take half damage. Ah, oh, rolled so good. Uh, 17. Is half or? No, 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 17 is what I rolled, which oh, is oh, like, total? Which is still okay, so it'll be solid eight. on 3d10. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, and every, it's concentration, 10 minutes at the end of, or no, during your turn, you can use your action can, to do this yeah. again. Yeah. So I will do that, and I will shout at Joe, and I say, Joe, get him, honey, and I give you barding. <laughs> okay. Nice. Am I, am I next, or is it? Oh, oh, you would dare use the power of my, my shiny rock against <laughs> me. My shiny rock. How, how dare you? I wanted to talk to you, and you were talking about smiting people who you just met. Rude. And so the Typhon reaches down into this water and flaps its wings and soars up into the air five or ten feet and then streams directly towards you, Titan, hurling this, this mass of water, which flies like some kind of steaming ball. It's been superheated, and so when it strikes you, you are hit with boiling water all over your body. The Typhon gets... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I have a thing I can do. Can I reaction protection? Yeah. What, how does that work? So if uh, while wielding a shield, a creature you can see attacks a target other than you within five feet, you can use your reaction to impose disadvantage on the attack roll. Disadvantage. Awesome. Yeah. So I, as that comes towards Titan, I put up my yeah. shield in front of them. Amazing. Okay, so with disadvantage, uh, it's not the 17, it's the five plus, uh, I'm giving you way too much information. Um, so um, <laughs> I will say that, uh, what's your AC? I'm giving you way too much, oh, 14. 14. <laughs> it does not hit. Yeah, so, uh, so, 
a ball of boiling water erupts off of your shield into a cloud of steam. Nice. And then it will come to a rest right at the edge of the water here. And you see the the flapping wings uh, calm and it comes down to uh, towards the ground so that it, its snakes can kind of slither onto the the stony ground at the edge of the of the water here and that will bring us to joe's action joe's action is come at me hit me with your best shot he's like coming he's on land yeah Ugh, yeah yeah the titan's right on the land right how now. close are they to us um ish probably 10 feet oh too close <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> Joe's gonna cast chromatic orb right. as I attempt to get as far away from this thing as I possibly can. All right, go towards the boat. It's like I don't even know because the boats are just like the water is crazy. The boats aren't like sitting there looking like a safe haven in this moment, right? The water is crazy. The boats are not a good place to go. Yeah, in- so oh. I'm just trying to get as far away as I can. It's gonna be uh. 23. That will hit. Yeah. I'm giving you so much information. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm joking. <laughs> okay, so Joe brings her hands out in front of her neurochromatic orbs. At first, they kind of just look like very whimsical, sparkling balls of light that kind mm-hmm. of change different colors based on the like fire, thunder, acid, but then it turns into this like grotesque acid bulbs that get launched towards this person and it's a 16 16 damage nice hey what are you you don't have to get involved in this i just want that shiny rock okay why would we give you the shiny rock when you're telling us you're going to hurt us with it? I will crush you and you will give me shiny this rock. This doesn't that make is... sense. Incentives. We've talked about this already. <laughs> <laughs> Incendiary? Incentives. Okay. Uh, anything else, Joe? That's it. All right. This thing growls as it gets hit by a, a splash of acid, which burns into its skin. Yeah, the snakes. I'd like to kind of aim. Okay, and the snake it's skin. scary. Gets uh, snake legs. Gets kind of burnt a little bit by this acid, and that brings us to Jasu. The children and the teachers and everything don't do anything. They, they did not just... come down with you. They are still behind you in the stairwell. Good. So uh, they're kind of huddling up in the stairwell right now. You hear some screams. Oh my god! There's a big, giant snake thing down there. Go 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 upstairs! 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 Good 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 good. I was worried about them. Okay, I. Step forward mm-hmm. from my place in front of Titan. Yeah. And I lift up my staff. Yeah. And I say, Back, you beast. Ah. And then I whack it. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. So you step up to it to whack yes, it? Yes, I step up to whack it. Great. Uh, uh, oh, God. A natural one to hit it. Oh. Okay. What happens? I think I, as I step up, I slip. And I just sort of like right beside it, not even close to any part of it. <laughs> okay. It's what, you also uh, why yeah. I will take the stone and kill all three of you. I'm going to then use my bonus action though to compel duel. Oh shit. With me. Okay. Uh is this a wisdom save? It's a wisdom save. Yeah. And what happens? If it fails, then the creature is drawn to you compelled by your divine demand. 
for the duration it has disadvantage on attack rolls against creatures other than you uh. and must make a wisdom saving throw each time it attempts to move to a space that is more than 30 feet away from you if it succeeds on the saving throw the spell doesn't restrict the target's movement for that turn okay the spell ends if you at- if if i attack any other creature gotcha. or if i cast a spell that targets a hostile creature other than the target gotcha all right it rolls a 16 Fuck. yeah that passes Passes. Yeah. All right, great. So that, um, that's just for that turn. Is that how that works? Or no, it just doesn't stick at all. That's what that means. It, so it says. Yeah, yeah, that means that. Yeah, it says. Yeah, I think it just I fails. Think. Okay. Wow. So I step up and do a whole bunch of nothing. So your your <laughs> your staff strike and your spell both uh, fail gloriously. And I say, come come for me, and he completely ignores me and just goes straight for Titan. <laughs> and that brings us to. A lair action. No. Uh, actually, let's let's randomize this. Would somebody roll a d6 for me? One. Deanna's on it. One. Okay. Hot winds roar through the cavern as the Typhon uh, angrily roars and uh, flaps its wings. Everybody make a constitution save. 16. 19. 20. Okay. Hey. Um, All right, so you all feel this hot wind and uh, steam blowing at you, but you manage to- uh, Treat it like a blowout. (laughs) To improve your hairdo. (laughs) Strong Beyonce energy. Amazing. And as as you are turning into the wind and letting it blow out your hair, all three of you, give me perception checks. 18. Sixteen with my nose. Okay, so great. Uh, so you you look towards the entrance of the cave, and you see there's the outline of boats, small skiffs that are now approaching the mouth of the cave. You can see vaguely through through this this narrow opening, uh, the ships off in the distance, and boats that are now starting to approach from the ships with more pirates rowing them. Hello, everyone. I hope you're enjoying the episode. But now it's time for us to thank two wonderful patrons. First, we have Steve. No, not Steve, the water guy. And no, not Stephen Germain Stephenson. I'm reading this and I don't know who that is. But Steve Brickman. Woo! First stakeholder of the show. Thank you, Steve Brinkman. Number two. That's not the only stakeholder we have to thank. Andrew, you humble us. It is with perpetual gratitude that we gloriously shout out your patronage out through the headphones of all of our listeners. And thank you, Andrew Jones, deity of the podcast. And all you happening critters, you may recognize these names from last episode. Why, you may ask, are we shouting these names out twice? (laughs) Well... (laughs) So glad you asked. I'll tell you, it's because these heroes of Crit have acquired the perpetual shoutouts feat. Yes, they leveled up through their Patreon membership. So until they send us a personalized cease and desist order, we gonna keep giving them personalized shoutouts on the show. And you know what? You too can join them. Level up your Patreon membership. Figure out which tier works best for you at patreon.com slash when crit happens. I, that seems like more than enough shouting and shout outs for one episode. Let's say we get back to the show. Enjoy. Enjoy. Which 
Now, finally, brings us to Titan. You out here with your stank-ass, hot-ass breath blowing around in this cave, close your mouth. You're so hurtful. Um, so I will. that will be a use of unsettling words. I will expend a bardic inspiration die. Uh-huh. Six. Okay. And so now this creature oh. will minus six to the next saving throw it makes. Shit. As I use that also... Uh-huh. That stream of incendiary uh, words to cast dissonant whispers okay. at a second level. All right, all right. So not using the uh, the storm cloud, but instead no, using. Also, I would like it to get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, right, because it has to flee. It does. Brilliant. Okay, <laughs> sweet. Um, here we go. All right, uh, this is a wisdom save. Yes, would have been twelve. Well, it's a six. Okay, so uh, what happens to it? Uh, well, first of all, first of all, it's going to take 12 points of psychic damage. Okay. And it must use its reaction to move as far as its speed allows away from me. Do I get a reaction? Yeah. To fight it? Is there anything about opportunity attacks in there? The creature does not move into obviously dangerous ground, such as fire or a pit. On a s- it does not say anything. All right. Yeah. You get an opportunity attack if you want it. Fuck yeah, 24. 20. Redemption. Four. Smite on him. Smite on him. Yes. Oh, yeah, I definitely spite. <laughs> All right, how much damage? 17. 17. As I bring it down, uh, like all of the hot wind that's been swirling around us gets directed directly into his chest. All right. Pew. And you see this this empty necklace uh, lacking any sort of featured object blows around as it flaps its wings and flies away. Your words are so hurtful. I'm going to I'm going to smash you and goes to pick up some more of this hot scalding water. Anything else that you want to do, Titan? Um I I'm a I'm a if it's got to run away, I'm going to try to get away from it too. I'm not trying <laughs> gonna be right up in the mix. If there if there's any place I see where I can like get partial cover in this cave, I'm I'm looking for it. Should I should I perceive for for covering places? Nothing looks awesome. Yeah, I just want I'll I will put as much distance between sure. us as possible. Sure, great, awesome. So you create some more distance, and the Typhon scoops up some more of this hot scalding water, and. You have gotten far enough away. Its its range on this is only thirty feet, so uh, it's you're out of range now. And so that hurt a lot, and uh, is gonna throw it at Jasu. Armor class is forty five. Fuck, and rolls <laughs> extremely poorly. Uh, that'll miss. Uh, Ten to hit. That misses. Correct. <laughs> I bring up my shield again. And then is going to fly back down towards you um, and is going to get right back up in your face. My face? Yeah. Hey, what's up? How's it going? It's going to get right back up in your face and these snakes, these snake heads are going to (laughs) lash out at you and bite you. Make a dex, make a constitution save. Constitution save? There are so many of them, you're unable to stop them from from hitting you. 13. Okay. Their, their poison doesn't affect you, but the, uh, the pain of the bites, all of these bites uh, deals eight piercing damage to yeah. you. I don't like that. And that will bring us to Joe's turn. How is he looking? 
The Typhon looks not great. The Typhon looks angry, hurt, bloodied. Uh, has been hit by pretty much everybody here for wallops of damage. Uh, yeah, not looking hot. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use two sorcery points to like do two things. Okay, I'm gonna use a quicken spell. Great. I'm gonna cast Mage Armor. Uh huh. I will use my Firebolt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I guess what I does the order matter? Like, would I cast Firebolt uh, no. first because it's my cantrip? Okay. No, it doesn't matter. Can I use my Bardic to redo this? Yeah, you yeah, can. It's it's, uh, it's not a it's not advantage. You just add a d six. Oh, okay, okay. So what'd you get on the die? With my modifier, I got an eleven. So the max you could get is a seventeen if you rolled a six on the d six. Oh, so we're thinking, is it even worth it? Okay. Let me work it. <laughs> okay, then I'm gonna instead of using my bardic, I'm gonna use yeah. my tides of chaos just to like roll. Oh, great. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then maybe, and then maybe the bardic. That'll do. Uh, twenty-five. <laughs> yeah. That so will hit. Joe's casting this firebolt. She's putting on her mage armor, and she's also asking this guy, how did you lose this staff in the first place if it's so well, important it, to you? It wasn't a staff, okay? I had a gem, and then- And you just misplaced it? It seems like you're very no, attached. No, I didn't misplace it. It okay. got taken from me. From, by who? By this man wearing yellow. Really don't like him. This oh. man wearing yellow. Yeah, he came and he had weapons and guys fighting me. You know, we are also fighting men in yellow. It sounds like we might have the same enemy. Well, okay, so you kill him and then I'll take the stone. Okay, I'm going to tell you what I rolled. So yeah. the zero <laughs> on the 10 is really the 10. Yeah, that's right. Great. Great. So it's 1d10, so 10. Damn, y'all are just smashing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, okay. So um, you I'm bring trying here to get us on the same team. We have the same en enemies. This is the same thing like we're trying to teach you about incentives. Uh -huh. We're teaching you about alliances. Uh -huh. So you're going to kill Joe, him for me. Do not waste me? your time uh -huh. trying to educate this stupid man. Okay, <laughs> now you're calling me stupid. It goes from mean to just. Plain insulting. You're not worth our time. Yes, I'm sure that one day, a thousand years from now, you will be able to be a good conversationalist. You will have learned how to be respectful and to see people as full people. But now, that is not my job. <laughs> it's not my job to bring you up to the level of everyday society. Figure it out for yourself. Joe, blast them. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, amazing. Uh, anything else, Joe? No, I think whatever movement I have to just, because he's been moving around a lot, I want to just keep my distance. Okay, great. Keep your distance. Brings us to Jasu. I will pray for you as I hit him. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, another 24, because I rolled an 18 again. Okay. And I'm going to- A 24, that is. And I'm going to smite with my last spell slot. Fuck yeah. Oh shit. All right. So that's three because I compelled duel, but it turns out it didn't I didn't even need to because because everyone else ran away. <laughs> I said, good. <laughs> this is what I wanted. Ooh, ooh, pretty good. Twenty. Shit, y'all. Okay. <laughs> All right. You're saying that you can go fight the man, the man who stole this from me. Stole this from me hundreds of years ago. Hundreds of hey. years ago? Yeah. Oh! 
you know you what? St- you do look pretty fresh for being hundreds of years old. I take it if back. If you would oh, thank, stop thank you. fighting, um, we could chat. You gonna- as I say, as the lightning strikes him from my smite. All right, we get to we get to a lair action. Somebody roll a d6 for me. I'll roll it this time. A four. A four. Okay, he's out of breath. <laughs> Trying to take in what you're saying, Jasu. <laughs> I don't know. Stop fighting. But you have the thing that belongs to me, and you you could kill him, and I could kill all of you. See, see wanted, that part. See, you, just, y- y- y'all y'all aren't hearing that uh, that that part of what he says every time. Uh, it's that like, oh uh, yes, I've been wronged, and now I want to kill everybody, just dis- indiscriminate, indiscriminate, <laughs> and. And as he's as he's trying to process this and tighten his psychoanalyzing him, uh, you see he kind of like throws his head down in his hands, and this wave comes down as as if the the water itself is linked to him and his physical actions, and a, a wave splashes out of the this pool in the middle of the cavern and uh, crashes into all of you. Make. A strength save. Ooh, this is when I use my bardic. I can use them when saved. You sure can. Yeah. 17 for Titan. <laughs> 17 as well. Nice. Oh, God. So Joe rolled a four, and I have a negative one for strength. <laughs> wow. All right. Does it so even matter? Do I even use this bardic? Is so it just fucking pointless? The max you get is because... a nine. Uh, which That's is right. unlikely to ever. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do I just save yes, it? Yes, you do. And it's also it's not it's it's knocking you prone. So you uh, you get <laughs> crashed by this water and you fall to your knees as it strikes you. And also, all of you see that these these vessels have kind of slowed their approach as they're as they're coming closer to this cave. The the waves have now instead of just cr- coming in towards the cave because of the, this force of of nature in here that is causing all of this the, the seawater to go wild the skiffs coming in from the pirate ships are probably confused and are not trying to make the entrance because there's waves coming out at them from the entrance of the cavern uh, and that brings us back up to titan how close to this being am i right now you are Pretty far away. Well, you're about mm-hmm. your movement speed, so it's it's maybe yeah. 35 feet away. Great. So I I would like to continue to stay about as far away as I can. Mm-hmm. And what the hey? Let's do the same thing. You all acting like you all misunderstood, and you out here just trying to bleed the world dry. You've been wronged. That don't mean you can do wrong. Uh, unsettling words again. All right. Only this time I will uh, then uh, point the rod at him and ask him to do uh, a dex save on against that. Against the uh, the lightning crashing down. Yep. It's minus three. Okay. Uh, that that will be a three. <laughs> Great to save. Fourteen. All right. Uh, this storm cloud that has been in here now lingering, uh, and that came out of this rod, this staff constructed from the gem that the Typhon is so attached to, now destroys him. <laughs> Whoa! Titan, tell us how it goes down. Mm. So Titan is just reading this being 
to filth, just trying to really crush its ego. Uh Hopefully, maybe it'll learn a lesson, but I'm less invested in it learning its lesson as I am in just tearing it down to its like root (laughs) essence. Maybe he'll build himself back up, but you know what? I'm not going to be there for it or a part of it, and don't really care if he does or not. (laughs) And that's what happens in the lightning. (laughs) (laughs) The lightning strikes down through this stringy mane of hair that kind of is whipped up and surrounding his head. And and then when he gets electrocuted, it stands completely out on end. And you see his enormous body racked by this pain, the the snake bodies and, and mouths go haywire and it oh someday mm-hmm. someday someday i'll crush you and with a splash falls down into the pool of water which continues to roil and spin hot steaming seawater as his body strikes it and the the winds circle it and a whirlpool is created that spins him around into the center of the pool and then he's down beneath the surface and you cannot see the body of the Typhon any longer. Mm. And that is where we will end our session. Ah! Whoa! <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. All right, everybody. Well, that was a blast. That was of wild. Water to the face. Yeah, it was it was a blast, wasn't it? Because your big bad just got blasted. Blah, blah, blasted. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It did. Good job. Good, good job with the violence, everyone. Yeah. yeah uh, well, well done. Rolling real good on those dice. Well, yeah. Because I was not expecting that to go that way. Just because we had like you know we saw the picture of him uh, in the cave, and it was uh-huh. like, oh, this is like going to be the big bad that uh-huh. like I just didn't think he was gonna die. I thought maybe he would like flee or decide to not kill us, but uh-huh. I did not see it ending that way. <laughs> sure. Well okay, so I, I do I think you all had that in the bag. The dice were also on your side, which is awesome. If they weren't, maybe it would have been a little bit more dicey. But nice. Thanks. <laughs> but uh but I also want to point out that we we have a little trend happening, which is you own the encounter when you're fresh off a long rest. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and use a ton of your resources to do it. And then if something happens later, it's like, oh, shit. I don't know what you're talking about. I still have like four spells. It's true. Slots we got, we got, left. we're higher level now, more spell slots. It's easier to, I have no more spikes to burn them and zero. Ooh. I'm going to lose them all. <laughs> yeah. Not great. <laughs> used all of them. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Let's uh, let's transition right. into some dirty crit, shall dirty we? Crit. Dirty crit, dirty crit, dirty crit. Did uh, get into the dirty did crit, crit happen? Did crit happen? What was the other layer action? Don't try to distract us. Oh, another layer action? Yeah, there was. Uh, it actually might because you all were hitting th- this creature so well. The other layer action uh, was basically a whirlpool and steaming mist and things. Uh, obscuring mm. the air. So then uh, the Typhon could retreat to the obscured area so that you'd have disadvantage on all of your ranged attacks. Obviously, you have plenty of tactics to get around that, but also that lightning spell would not yeah. have been affected. I'm actually, I was looking at it. I don't have any 
attack spells that require oh, an attack roll. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah, it's been really cool watching. I don't know if we've talked about this much on the show, but watching you build the character and choosing spells that fit the character as much as yeah. our like tactical choices, you know? Is that yeah. d- does that feel like what you're doing? It does feel like a, what I'm doing and it's like, you know, it's an evolution in in like my, my relationship with D&D because it's like I'm not trying to pick the quote-unquote best spells that are like oh, I need to be able to do X, Y, or Z thing. And it's like, there's a lot of redundancy actually in some of the stuff that I've chosen, Mm. but it's like, feels like who this character is. It's like, they loud, they are mouthy. And so all of my stuff is kind of in that realm Mm. that it's like messing with folks and, you know, stuff that you could see that you could flavor in a way where it's like, the magic is in what is being mm-hmm. said, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I will also just offer up as a DM if there's other spells that you want to reflavor a little bit uh, so, so that they work with that uh, mm-hmm. character builds. I think that's, that's awesome. So don't feel limited by the things that, you know, the spell descriptions that already are going yeah. that direction if you want more utility things or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I find a lot of creativity in the limitations. So awesome. So far, so good. There's no game without rules. That's true. There you go. <laughs> yeah. That's what games are. Just a series of rules. That's what games are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. I, that's something that I've been thinking about, uh, especially with D&D and the merits of different game systems. And, you know, because we're playing D&D, but that's only one of many role-playing games that have a lot in common with this game. Sitting around, they're telling imaginary stories with a game. And the game of D&D is so combat-oriented. Mm, it's mm-hmm, just like, mm-hmm. and I, we've talked about this in the podcast before, but it's like, it ends up being that your character is articulated through how they deal damage and operate in violent situations and and so there are other games which are better at prioritizing other things um and and i think it's just i i I just pointed out because you're right it's like the Mm. rules are there there is no game without the rules and the rules of D D mean that we will be telling stories in which violence is a major part sure like it's just that's how the rules are structured and and part of it is me saying to you all like Hey y'all, if we want to, if we want to eventually experiment with other systems, one, yes, please. And two, I think it could give us a great opportunity to push into other mechanics and be like, oh, now we can tell a story that really is exploring things in different ways because the game is structured to be less about how you deal hit points of damage to another character and more about how you persuade them. Here it's like, persuasion the obviously good role playing can make persuasion very very fun but the sure, actual yeah. mechanics of persuasion nowhere mm-hmm. near as interesting as dealing damage you know what i mean yeah. it's just from a mechanic mm-hmm. standpoint yeah it's a it's a sure. good point yeah, yeah, i mean yeah, i think yeah. so i have used dnd to play role like role play heavy no violent no combat at all games and there are a lot of things mm-hmm. that you just don't end up using which are very cool sure. because the they just don't come up but but i think you're so i think you're right that it's not necessarily made for that 
but I think you can use it. Like you can flavor. I think you can flavor hit points in any sort of way. It doesn't necessarily have mm, to be yeah. about your tenacity or your ability to survive a physical blow, but could also be about, I don't know, your reputation, your how you're being perceived in that moment. <clears throat> like there's lots of different ways I think you can use D&D mechanics, reflavor them to still have all of the different options just like not make it so mm-hmm. now you are going on the, your path towards death and now you are healing towards your path towards life mm-hmm. like what would it look like if i guess like the idea of uh, using other games role-playing mm-hmm. games mm-hmm. to inform how we play D when you first mentioned that uh, my brain just went to like that sounds like a big task to do. <laughs> totally, but I guess is there a totally. world that like instead of instead of maybe trying to like create a totally new framework, it's just like let's say in that encounter with Typhon, mm-hmm. I would have like I want to persuade him not through my magic, but like mm-hmm. I want to try to persuade this person to have a conversation with me or to like see that we are actually allies or could be short-term allies that like mm-hmm. if we keep the staff we can go after this enemy that we both have is there a world that then like i roll a d20 you roll a d20 for typhon and like if mine is better than his then like he sits down and chats it's a great question kylie i think it's like one of the things i think is cool about D is that like even if there's not a mechanic for it, you can kind of tell that story through role play, right? Because it's like, yeah. you know, I think Tor had an idea about like what the Typhon like might be. But I think like if we had really pushed to be like, no, we're going to chat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind that like Tor would have like, like the like the battle would not have gone the way that it gone, mm, uh, gone the way that it went. And it could have been like down to like a D twenty versus a D twenty, or See, it could have been like, oh, okay, here we're we're gonna go in this direction. Let's do. Let's see how how it goes when it's like we're like my players are saying we want to chat. Yeah, sorry, yeah. go ahead, Tor. Well, no, I was just I think that's what it comes down to is a D twenty versus a D twenty, and that to me that's why I was saying earlier that the mechanics of persuasion are not very interesting because that's what it comes down to a single die roll and there's so many more steps and things that can go into persuasion. And so we can do a few things. We can adapt the D&D system and write new mechanics. Uh, and, and I think that works really well, especially for individual encounters. If it's like, oh, you're primarily playing D&D, but you want to develop uh, an encounter that might have some other thing going on. And you know, there's awesome ways to do that so that it's like, oh, we're going to jump into this other other kind of reality for a second or not even reality but just like mechanical brain set and and learn a, a new mini game that well, and with play. like without trying to make it overly complicated i just feel like it's something like casting a spell where there's a wisdom save like uh-huh. the actual mechanics although maybe way more goes into it because i had to have this modifier and there's all of these things when it comes to the actual gameplay i'm just saying i'm casting this spell and the other person has to roll whatever that number is. So I yeah. guess it just feels. But but I, I guess I'll just come back to it. It's like those spells almost never end the encounter. It's sure. it's sure. not like 
a one die roll encounter over. And mm-hmm. and when that happens, because sometimes it does, it usually feels a little lackluster. It's like, oh, so the monk just stunned him the whole time and then we walloped him. Sure. You sure. know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it ends up kind of feeling anticlimactic and that's part of how I feel about the persuasion. So th- that's part of why I love having as much dialogue as we have in our combats. Mm. Mm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, to me, is a way of having the role play continue even though sure. people are still hitting each other. And so you're continuing to persuade. Mm. And also, I, I, this goes back to something you said, Deanna. Hit points don't have to be uh, and are purely about like how much blood the person has lost, how close they are to mortal death. I think hit points can can be viewed as kind of like a stamina. Mm-hmm. And so like when you get somebody to zero hit points, maybe it's not that they are going to go die now. It's like, no, this is when their, uh, their desire to keep confronting you has ended mm-hmm. and they're going to turn around and go do something else. Um, and for some characters, that might be talk. For a legendary monster like the Typhon, by the way, much of the inspiration for the Typhon came from the Greek creature the typhon which is known to some as the father of monsters Mm. and has some relationships to tiamat some scholars seem to think that typhon originated in the the ancient monster tiamat Mm. uh, which was known as the mother of all monsters i just could not hold it together i was thinking about michael scott from the office every time you would describe typhon last episode in this one he has the the torso of a human but the body really of a snake no 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 he has the torso of an eagle but the body of a dolphin yes michael scott has this whole bit that he just like keeps like getting excited about all the different creations uh-huh. And there was something about your voice that was just like making me think of him. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. So as far as like crit happening, I think yeah. As per, per usual, mm. you know, it was really interesting to like, you know, as as has been noted, uh, Titan is kind of a I, I'm gonna hurt you before you can hurt me kind of being. So. This this it kind of folds into this question about like, could we have? Was there another option? And uh, and maybe it's like falling into again like what I suspect of D and D, but it's also what I feel like feels accurate to who this character is. That it's like I'll make an attempt to like chat with you because I'm not trying to get dirty, mm. but if you smack my hand away, it's like. Cool, I'm gonna smack you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you touch my hand? Uh, and so I, I don't know. It's um, I don't know if that's a D and D thing. I don't know if that's like um, a kind of like aspirational wish Joshua thing or 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 what? I'm not sure. And that was sort of my fun transition. Transition. I think that Joe. This episode, I feel like, like I know who Joe is, but I feel like. This episode, I was just like, oh, I'm rooting for her because she like whenever because you were also getting in on the the trying to convince the big bad to not be a dick. Um, and it's just very fun uh, to see. I feel like we haven't gotten like a ton of moments. Her and I, mm. Titan and I have had more moments together than Joe and Jesu. Yeah. I don't know why that came up for me today. But as as you were um, engaging, I was like, oh, my God, look at Joe. Go. 
Yeah, I was feeling like he was like that Typhon mm-hmm. was like a Komodo dragon. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to be by you and you're poisonous, but you're also endangered and there's not a lot of you. And so, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't want to be the one to kill you, but also like don't try biting me because then I'm going to have to do something about it. Yeah. Mm. Well, also, like, we have no idea what the fuck. Don't make me do this. And we have no idea what the fuck this this thing is, really. Like, I mean, yeah. Is it another god? Is it something else? Like, what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I think that's that's something that I'm curious about with as the as the world keeps going. Like, the world almost feels a little normal. Like it feels like our world in many ways. Like as I was creating this encounter, part of the reason I was excited about it is like, oh, right, we can we can have fantasy monsters, like big creatures that you wouldn't normally see in real life. And, 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 and so wondering how that fits into this society since it's not the kind of thing that people seem like we... we the way that we've constructed the world normally is it's like, oh, these creatures don't exist. They're creatures of myth, you know? So, like, what happens if you run into a creature of myth? What do you do? How do you, you kick its yeah. ass? <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> pow, pow. Yeah. I mean, and also, how does it change your worldview? Like, I feel like that's one thing that I'm I'm excited to explore more is, like, at least for, I know for a fact Jasu has been thinking about it uh, a lot because of her death experience and all of those things. But like also how it affects Titan and Joe to know that creatures like the Typhon exist. Like how does that affect your perspective on the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we like, I don't know if we permanently killed it. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the like the part that is crazy to Joe. Yeah. Not so much because we've heard about, well, just like you had mentioned, Torin, last episode, we have heard about the Typhon Head. There's, you know, stories about this creature. And so I do think it's crazy that we're seeing it, but more crazy that, like, we could kill it? Yeah. Hmm. What? Like, this mythical or maybe not mythical creature that has all of these powers and is so scary and, like, we were able to take it out seems, I think, mind-blowing to Joe. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Dope. Totally. Dope. All right. Anything else you want to unpack with the group? No, I think that was, uh, we had a great time. We killed a legendary monster. It's dead forever permanently. (laughs) The blood is on our hands. Huzz- hooray for it's, us. Uh, it's been removed from the game. Hooray for us. It's been exiled. <laughs> cool. Any hopes or fears for the next session? Pirates, the pirates that are on the outside of the cave. Those pirates I'm really scared of. Oh, you're scared? I yeah. feel I'm just like, oh. I'm skeptical. I am just skeptical about that encounter. I fear for the children. So maybe it'll be cool. They're going to make you fight Strongfoot Selvia again. No. No, I'm not. Not Selvia. I mean, come on. (laughs) Selvia loves us on the DL. No, I feel like there were, you you know, the conversation that we had at the end of this episode of like, yeah, you guys use up all your things. And then what happens when the next encounter? And it's like, oh, shit. Like... (laughs) That's Tor subconsciously telling us that like shit's about to hit the fan after this encounter. <laughs> you don't need to I'm, say anything. I'm, you don't need to respond yeah. and give us any indicators. But yeah, 
I would say I'm ho- I'm hopeful to actually honestly I'm, I'm I really want to go back to town. I really would like to go back to Stormhaven yeah. at some yeah. point to because uh, it's like we left like so many little threads mm. there, and it's like Joe hasn't seen her freaking dad in like a week mm. now. And going back there, if we do get to go back there, it's like we're already such different people, and it has not been that long. So I'm I am hopeful to like meet up with House Mother and meet up with some other folks that we yeah you know, yeah. that we met in the beginning. This is the third night. I was wondering. I've yeah. always wondered yeah, yeah, yeah. how many nights we've been off. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's, a, it's, you know, it's a long weekend. Crazy. Okay. <laughs> Crazy. Cool, y'all. Let's plug it up. <laughs> Deanna, anything you want to plug? I want to plug check in your pocket before you leave your house to make sure you have your keys. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Jose, who has let me into my apartment <laughs> probably four four or five times since I moved here. Goodness gracious. Huge shout out. Thank you so much. Oh, God. (laughs) Thank you, Jose. I just... I'm going to plug checking your pockets for tissue before putting your clothes in the washer. Oh, Oh, yeah. I never do that. Never be reminded of that too many times. I hope it wasn't me. (laughs) Oh, we're in the clear this time, but normally like every other time Tor and I do laundry, I think it's normally me, but one of us does this and it's like tissue shreds everywhere. It's a complete mess. It's like, wow, haven't we learned? We're in our 30s. What the hell? (laughs) And Joshua? I'm going to plug check your pockets for, uh, you know, your new business cards oh you know i kind of made this plug a a while ago but it's just like check your pockets for the thing that you have always said you wanted to do but didn't feel like you knew how maybe it was because you thought it was such a too big of a thing to do but like check your pockets and find the the first two steps along that path and just like tomorrow just like take one of those steps love it and i'm going to plug our other podcast I've decided today that I want to plug Omagashiki High. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. I was Heck scared. Yeah. I'm like, what? Oh, I thought other podcast. You were like, are we doing I we're doing this going to be my ASMR podcast, and I'm a little offended, but <laughs> well, it's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, who knows? Uh, since this is coming out so far in the future, maybe we've already hit our patreon stretch goal that means that we have to do an asmr podcast but no right now i'm plugging omagashiki high it is a high school drama slash parody that takes place in a made-up town called omagashiki wisconsin that's produced by some friends of ours friends of the podcast too friends of the podcast Uh, so check it out yeah and uh speaking of other places to get podcasts uh, patreon has a bunch more content by us so if you haven't had enough of us yet never <laughs> uh, head on over there and you can hear more find the link on our socials at when crit happens hope you enjoyed the show everyone Special thanks to Cullen Fitzpatrick for our theme music and original musical underscoring by Wormwood, Balin Wagner, and Benjamin Bergdorf. Full episodes come out every other Wednesday. On the off weeks, exclusive content is released for our members. Head over to patreon.com slash whencrithappens to join the community. Thanks for listening. <laughs>